believe in the fight game. Hello, everyone. This is Charles Yao with Believe in the Fight Game on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and every sport in L.A. and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? Hey guys, this is Charlie with Believe in the Fight Game and thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to announce this interview with the legendary Hickson Gracie. For those of you who are new to the fight game, who are new to jiu-jitsu, you better Google him because this guy is one of the goats of fighting and definitely the goat of jiu-jitsu. He actually is labeled as the head honcho for the Gracie family where you would watch any interview by Hoyler Gracie, Hoist Gracie, Horion, and even current legends that look up to Hickson Gracie as like this Brazilian jiu-jitsu god. In this interview, we talk about the differences of culture from the Brazilians versus the Japanese as far as further fighting and martial thinking, his penchant for keeping Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the self-defense aspect, of teaching, and much, much more about society and current event topics. I present you Hickson Gracie. The important thing also, Professor, is fighting arts and martial arts has brought two completely different cultures, the Japanese and the Brazilian. And you've had the experience of living and experiencing Japan and Brazil. What would you say is the main difference in, in culturally? Oh, I mean, I think it's almost the opposite. Right, right, absolutely. Because, you know, Brazilians has very, very little about traditional culture in terms of education, in terms of respect. Everything is about feelings, about tempers. It's emotional. It's very emotional. And uh, you have to deal with that combining with the lack of education. You know, a, a big part of the the country has no education. Right. So, from different reasons, people are there. It's very hard to relate with. It's lack of respect, hard to, to, to make yourself like, you know, smoothly anywhere because no lines. Everybody wants to pile in the door. Not So, it's a lack of respect, basically. And Japan is the opposite. It's all about respect and... Zen. Yeah. So, it's... I think the only similar thing we have is jiu-jitsu. The other than that is the opposite. But wouldn't you say, though, like a lot of people, even from America, they say, oh, I'm having a hard life. But a third world hard life is so much more harder. Wouldn't you say that that's true for also for the Brazilian third world culture? Like, it's a different kind of poor, right? It's a different kind of poverty. Yes, but it's, yes, definitely is a different kind of poverty, different kind of culture. Right. But in other ways, uh, Brazilians are very much, uh, they respect their feelings. How are we going to explain? But sometimes you have a lot of fun with no money, nothing. Correct. So they can have carnivals, like a lot of popular parties and, and celebrations. Has no involvement with how much you have or how much you make this month or if you don't have base to pay, uh, bills to pay. You're going to still enjoy and party and thinking and living everything for the next day and what did you say that adds a lot to the soul of brazilian jiu-jitsu because it comes from a happy culture not necessarily monetarily driven but it's it's rich but it's also painful and soulful 
Yeah, it's a lot of emotions. And <clears throat> the reason jiu-jitsu developed in Brazil different than in Japan, correct? Because was the is that was emotional feeling. So, at one point, people wants to challenge you to see if you, for for sure, for you if you truly good. So, it was like an open challenge every all the time. And some brawlers come and just say, "Okay, I don't believe you. Let's prove me." So my dad coming three o'clock in the morning down to the, the 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 street to fight somebody who just didn't believe. So those emotional things, those you know, very very emotional and, and short-tempered things, put jiu-jitsu in an edge which doesn't happen in Japan. It's more like a sportive. And as the evolutionary process go, the coach. People start to become more like, oh, you want to train? You go to the, to the gym and war. In Brazil, no, there's a lot of fights, you know, because of a lack of respect. Correct. People fight on the street much more often. And based on that kind of need, they develop a more eff effective self-defense style. Professor Jean-Jacques has a pyramid of like what, which are, works best in getting more submissions. Like the gi, you get far more the no-gi and then the MMA. For your methodology and Crohn's methodology, why is it that you guys stuck to the street self-defense practicum? Because our core, our culture, is support jiu-jitsu in a self-defense perspective because martial arts is different than a game. Correct. Know? When you learn martial arts, your needs are to become self-confident within in order to become more peaceful, in order for you to become better and in, in strategize your life, controlling emotions, be more disciplined. I mean, all the elements within martial arts, they are complete when you extend the service of martial arts for real life situation. Right. As you stay away from the real life, you become more like rules, sport, competitions, medals. But you go away from the core of why you practice. It becomes more like an activity than a functional aspect of your code, you know, of being a human being and be able to, to capitalize on all the elements of your inner peace, strength, you know, strategy, and so on. Do you find a substantial or a difference in type of student who's more sports over someone's self-defense? For me, I always try to focus and give him first the sense of self-defense aspect. You okay. know, the program has to begin with the understanding of the elements he's going to understand, like invisible power, leverage, weight distribution. And all those will create like the first understanding of, okay, by learning this, I'm capable to protect myself, to protect my family, to be able to speak my mind you know so that is the core and then as you practice in order for you to become more comfortable in, in man keeping this in your lifestyle right you start to practice the chess game of jiu-jitsu which is changing positions and of course you're still with friends and but you still like developing the sense of strategy and maneuvers and sharpness and timing so the competition i think is enhancing that capability the guy has to bring the concepts of martial arts right. to a more regular practice. Now, you mentioned uh, on the great Joe Rogan podcast with Eddie Bravo that you overheard a jiu-jitsu instructor uh, was questioned like, 
can we learn self-defense? No, take Krav Maga. Yes. So there's probably several points in your heart where it just make you turn because that's the whole point of Gracie yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Was there particular points where you, where you said, you know what, this is enough from watching other instructors? No, I've been, follow, I've been follow up the evolutionary process of Jiu-Jitsu. I've been giving seminars like at least from the last eight years after I, I moved back to Brazil. Right. I'm focused only on travel and seminars all over the world. And I see a big need because maybe at least six or seven percent of the black belts which come into my seminars they have no understanding of self-defense and some other basic related moves so i felt like it was a big need from the whole jiu-jitsu community to understand those principles to keep us in touch with the the, the core of our culture and our purpose in in teaching and practicing so i brought that kind of idea in a bigger and a much more bigger way by doing, you know, the federation, which can serve much more people and inform and educate much more people at once. Now, do you find it more difficult to, for a black belt that's been in sport to unlearn and relearn? No, I think, you know, once you have an open mind in any activity you do, okay. and somebody coming to you and enlighten you with something, and you're gonna say, wow, man, I spent 20 years and I never saw this. So I feel like that's a huge motivation for you to rebirth, for you to reinvent yourself and keep going because that's your passion. So imagine yourself driving a Porsche, but you didn't even know it's a fourth, fifth, and sixth gear. You just were one, two, three, and you stop on three. Right. Okay. So the engine goes, but <laughs> that's a good analogy. I mean, and then I say, hey man, you have the fourth and the fifth. When you really go into the freeway, you can put fourth, fifth, and sixth. Wow! So the engine, the, everything becomes, you know, if you like to drive, you're going to have a different motivation at this point. Now, you mentioned that you went back to Brazil, and a lot of it, I assume, was due to the departure of Hoxon. Um, what is it that Brazil fulfilled compared to being in the U.S.? I was living in the U.S. Uh, for almost 20 years at that point. And thank you for sharing, Professor. And then I felt like um, being in the U.S. at that point in my life was not giving me the, the, the chills, the heart, the, the feelings I was seeking for. So I went to Brazil not to become rich, not to conquer anything. It was just to fulfill my soul and my spirit and my body with friends, you know, with you know, good food. And, and the vibrations where I mean, I'm a tropical rat, I have to stay on the, right. on the coastline. And so, so everything was pleasurable for me at this point. And I spent eight years traveling around to work and going there to recharge my batteries. But as the time progressed a little bit, my new wife shows she you know, could like to live here a little bit. And, and then the federation come up you know, to be part of my life. So I decided to come back and relocate myself here in Cali. And then the adjustment period from Brazil to Cali, how, has that been pretty fluid? Oh, it was very good. You know, the, Didn't the worst have much part to... was bring my dogs. But <laughs> how many dogs have, do you have? Three dogs. You have three dogs? Yes. Um, a, a part of the move back here, obviously, is the Federation. Yes. How did that come into part in fruition? I tell you, nothing can be more motivating than this new venture because I feel like it's a huge need. The community needs to, to get more from Jiu-Jitsu. 
the, the sport needs more from, from a governing body. So I felt like by doing this, I will diminish my physical effort on the seminars, and I will put my image, my experience, and my guidance to work for the whole entire jiu-jitsu community and the sport itself. So I'm more than happy to be at service because the, our mission statement is to be at service, you know, give a good support from the practitioner to the competitor, to the black belt, to the instructor, to the school owner, independent promoters and other federations. So we are to support those and make a unified governing body for the jiu-jitsu. You also mentioned on several interviews that, of course, this is for everyone in any belt ranking system, but the white belt yes. would benefit the most. Yes. If you could further elaborate and explain why. Yeah, because, you know, we're talking here about, uh, I can say, revolution in the sport. Because, like I said, our mission is service, but our three pillars of action will be the competitive aspect, the, inf the, the, the information aspect, and the educational aspect. So we're going to have a huge inf information platform. We're going to communicate. We're going to have a profile of every fighter, like Facebook. We're going to have like a, a directory from everybody, like Google. So you, you're able to search for, for academies. You're able to communicate, get into the forums. We're going to have a master's council to, to speak and have an active voice for the community and any subject. Oh, it's fully interactive and like yes. the jiu-jitsu Google almost. Yes, and uh, we're going to have a, a development council members who are going to be not the great masters, but the guys who are hands-on in the jiu-jitsu community with three or four academies, putting people in the schools to compete. So those guys have to have a voice in order to, to make everything get better, you know? So we're going to have uh, uh, contributors from all, all corners of the world to bring in news from tournaments or, or news from jiu-jitsu itself, interviews. So we're going to try to create a very democratic headquarters for jiu-jitsu news. Everything what happened supposed to be there. Reporting all the fighters, all the, 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 the results from tournaments. So this communication aspect is very strong. But in order for us to, to restore, because Again, our mission is service, but our biggest problem is effectiveness. We have to bring back, restore effectiveness. So in that order, we have to change a little bit the rules of competition, because the competition today, I'm passionate to watch every fight, but maybe eight out of 10 are very boring. Because the, the they want to hold the position. Yeah, and, the techniques. Earn that point. Yeah, the, the, the evolutionary process of the competition make some champions make the option of what I'm saying, anti-jiu-jitsu moves. So they create techniques to avoid the motion, to have more control in the action, to be able to be more sharp on the little movements who makes advantages, and then they sit back again, they stall, they hold, so because their vision is the medal. And that is- Not the street effectiveness. Yes, yeah, so the efficiency right. to get the medal is different than effectiveness in real life. So has your changing, Professor, changed throughout the years, or has it stayed the same as far as for It was just the evolutionary process okay. of competing, because people want to make the easy way for the medal. And more they engage in a kind of fair fight, more risky that is. So in order for right. them to diminish the risk and more assured of the medal, 
they become with stalling positions who is still legal in the in the rules to become like in control so they stop everything with good grips with excellent training and everybody feels like okay I cannot move so they wait and then eventually they make a little move which leads to advantage and then they win the medal right so this even though is very efficient losing effectiveness so I don't want to make a huge change in the rules it's not about reinvent the wheel right but I will take off the advantages and I will penalize the stalling positions so by just those two little things the dynamic of the fight will be completely different because the guy is not going to be like sitting down just waiting you know stalling so he cannot stall and because the points are kind of classic points the advantage is so becomes another different very com complicated way to the judge rule uh, judge the fight so taking the advantage and take the, the the stalling positions like penalizing stalling will be a great change of the dynamic of the, the have you have you figured that out yet like let's say okay he's holding on to the collar too long that that's a stalling yes there's there's negative points for yeah, that yeah. have you f molded that that uh completely the yes. ju judging yeah, because already? all the positions who you grab without the purpose of make it happen you just stalling okay will, the referee will immediately identify them and, and, and warn and then minus one minus two and dq so it's to promulgate um, activity. Of course. Activity, activity, of course. progress, progress. It's progress. good for the audience. It's good for the practice of the athlete who becomes more realistic in the action, his, the, the way he moves. It's good for the sport because it creates a more interesting vi vision of the sport itself. Sure. So he's able to bring TV eventually, bring major sponsors. So the whole idea is to bring back effectiveness to the game. So now, this is you coaching millions of people. Yes. And try to simplify the journey. Yes. If you're a white belt, what are like two, three points that you're just supposed to worry about? Right now? Belt. Correct. We're right going to go through all the belts, but just like, let's say for the yeah, white belt. Right now, the white belt wants to be like the champion he right. saw. So he wants to be like a champion, and the champion will work all these negative ways. So he starts to be misled to a jiu-jitsu. He expects to be effective because he saw other graces in the cage. He saw other, so he saw a lot of things. He said, well, I want to be effective. I want to be like, you know, the graces. I want right. to fight. I want to be able to, to, to have self. And, but his style of training will direct him in a different competitive direction, which has the stallings. So it's important for me now, it's not about what the champions think about it okay. for me the most important thing is educate re-educate the at least 85 percent of the competitive competitive community who is still whites and blue belts so let's say for, for white belts do you just work on just defense keep your elbows in tuck your neck or like what specific like right now what you're a white belt don't worry about submitting people what, what should a white belt encompass in their philosophy no no i mean the learnings is always the same you have to learn how to okay. establish a position have a weight distribution to be in control sure how to escape from positions when you be in control how to grab how to squeeze the techniques you learn are basically the same but if you play the game in order for you to win a medal you may want to use installing games Okay. If you play the game in order to be the best guy out there, you have to play the game in order to pass the guard, mount, submit. So one thing is your strategy to, get, to make the medal. 
Sometimes a lot of champions who go to the medal, they don't intend to be the best guy out there. He intends to make you confused, make you confused, get advantage on you and make the medal. And a lot of times people say, oh man, I was feeling, you know, the guys just hold me. He don't want to fight me and he sweep me at the end and make the medal. So that's not exactly the concept in our culture because in our culture you want to engage to submit. So you want to escalate positions, escalate pressure to be able to go for the kill, not only to the medal. So you have to go for the pressure. Because sometimes in, in, in competitive gi and no gi, sometimes it's the people who understand the rules more. Yes. Win, oh, right? yeah. oh, Am yes. I being wrong here? Or? Completely. Sometimes a very good strategist in the rules, he fights with less effort and is able to capitalize because the rules allowed him to stay in some positions who are just stalling positions and, and the other guys get confused and then the time pass by and then the guy make a little maneuver, get a little advantage and win the match. From, from your coaching, teaching experience, what is the hardest belt move? Is it blue to purple, purple to is brown? The, is to get the blue belt. Really? Yeah, because Why the, is that? Because, you know, from white belt you have no idea and you start to, to create your reflexes, your understanding. For you to become a blue belt, you definitely have to understand the whole game. You already know how to, to mount, you already know the chokes, you already know the arm locks, you already know the escapes, you already feel the pressure, you already know how to handle and last longer on the training, how to breathe. So you already become a jiu-jitsu animal as a blue belt. And white belt, you nothing, you just started. And then when you become a blue belt, you know the whole game. You just don't have the practice, the reflexes. So as once you are blue belt, just the maintenance will lead you to the black belt. But until you get the blue belt, you maybe still have nothing to, to really feel like in, in your core. You know, it's not exactly you yet. You're still trying to learn. When you get the blue belt, you really feel like, okay, now I have something. What do you feel is the major difference between a brown and, and a black belt then? Almost none. It's just a, 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 a consistent, continuous experience. But the brown belt already know these possibilities. He already been there. He done everything. He just didn't compete in black belt yet, but he's, that's what he's looking for. So he's just as, uh, keeping more like train hard and keeping the reflex to, to get the next level. But it's just a, a continuation. Now, this is... This is probably a topic, it goes from Muay Thai, Karate, Jiu-Jitsu, all the schools. I've been meeting a lot of people that train in two schools. Like a classic example, I've met two people, one trains at Cobrina, one trains at Eddie Bravo's Templana. I, I know one person that trains at a, I, I won't mention, the, a Gracie Academy and then a Machado Academy. How do you feel about that? This is like... Because this is very prevalent now. Now that the UFC is exposed, people want to cross over and train with different Yeah, masters. I mean, it's the mentality where you want to learn. And that open mind mentality makes you seek for knowledge regardless. So if it's in this academy, if in that, or if in this, is this the mentality of cross-training? Oh, I need to lead box from somebody, wrestling from somebody, and jiu-jitsu right. from somebody. So all this, those days become more and more uh, usual. But... In reality, if you train coming, somebody coming in your school and you start to prepare him, you're giving love, you're giving advice, you're giving respect, you, you, it becomes family. In that sense, 
you know, he will compete under your flag, he will be a representative of your knowledge. If this guy starts to divide all this with somebody else, like another jiu-jitsu school, that will create a problem because who you want to represent when you compete? What flags you stand by? So then becomes more like the, 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 the pride to be representing somebody. And the instructor will feel the same. If you have, if you not decide who you're going to represent, why I going to bother to give my soul to you or give my, you understand? I feel like this is like a, it's not my son. Is somebody else's son and come here just to suck my knowledge and sometimes represent some other somebody else. So this kind of creates a little controversy about, and in Brazil we call creonte, which is the guy who betrayed the teacher and goes somewhere else because to get an easier promotion. Some students of mine, they stay around with blue belts forever and they go somewhere just for training for a day, another place, and they say, hey man, you should be a brown belt. You know, you come. So they sometimes get appealing the sense of getting promoted. So a lot of guys, they have different ways to see this. For me, I mean, you should be loyal to one school. You should have like this kind of uh, loyalty, you know? That feels better if I'm gonna teach or if you're gonna learn, this kind of sense of family. But in those days, a lot of people kind of try to keep you open mind and learn here, learn there, learn tapes, learning practice. Right. And I have to accept that as kind of a modern way to see the, 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 the training. So do you feel even if it's a gi to a no-gi school that's still a little disloyal, too, yes, too close to it? Yes, because you know, I feel like we have the same techniques. We train sometimes with gi, without gi. I feel like that's not exactly the conflict. I mean, if you really, only if you're unhappy with where you learn, you should change completely and go somewhere else. How about like, let's say it's a Muay Thai school and then your Jiu-Jitsu school, is that okay? No, that's completely different. Okay. That's a completely different okay. lifestyle and, 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 and style of fight. It's not grappling, it's not ground fight. So as long as it's one's a striking art, one's a grappling art, it's better, so. it's much better. Because it's much better to learn one math to get the 10 first, right? I agree. Would you say then that to the students who would like to cross over too much, uh -huh. ground yourself and stick to one school for now and, 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 and understand the hunger and the thirst should be calmed down but stick to one professor? Yes, I feel like, you know, sometimes you're too much anxious and the knowledge is like no matter how much knowledge you, you see and you, you try to learn, goes down to like a funnel and drips in your brain like layer by layer so in other words you cannot learn if you have five masters you cannot learn the from the five masters at the same time and right. become a super times five you know it's not like that you have to absorb a knowledge from one thing and then another and start to afterwards get a feeling of combining things you know but you have to go deep if you want to be a good striker you cannot be training strike in the morning and jiu-jitsu at night. You have to really dip yourself in the striking arts and get the reflex and train one part of the day and learn the other part of the day and see. So because the learning is the training, so everything has to be in, under the same concept. So now that we have evolved so much in 2014, is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu enough as the master in soul art, no accessory. I agree. I, I, I completely agree on that. Even though it's a mixed martial arts, even though people start training differently, 
I feel like, for example, my son play, plans to compete this end of this year, and he's not training other arts. He's not training box or, or kickbox or wrestling. Right. He has, yes, good kickboxers, good boxers, and good wrestlers to spar with him, for him to try to apply the anti-game for them and bring in the fight to jiu-jitsu. So he's 100% jiu-jitsu playing against boxers, 100% jiu-jitsu playing against wrestlers. So once he has to get into the boxing game to defeat a boxer, he will need another lifetime to become an expert. And he may never will because sometimes he's not as talented as Sugar Ray Leonard or some other good boxers in the MMA game who has a good heavy hands and a good style. So he has to stick on jiu-jitsu, he has to learn how to clinch well, to be stay away or too close or too... He has to play the anti-game of what exactly is the worst for the striker. And eventually when he clinch, he has to do exactly the anti-game of the worst for the grappler, for the wrestling, and try to keep everything on the jiu-jitsu, you know, universe. How do you coach your son, Crow? How? Yeah. I try to be very relaxed because I'm confident he is the one who's being pressured himself. So I'm away from being like the coach who is, okay, do it one more, okay, let's go, harder. You kidding? So because he's doing already the hardest he can go. So I'm more like, don't forget to do this. That's great. Okay, you wanna rest now? Because I know he's always pushing himself to the max. It's different animal. He's not exactly the guy who I wanna push him as like a, a sergeant or a coach and try to make him go to his limits. He's already, I have to pull him down to don't overtraining or, or do too much, you know, so I'm kind of more like keeping him in control. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the coach Phil Jackson with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. he, he, he has 11 rings in championships and his system is everything's done in practice and you are your own person. Yes. If you were to coach someone else, would you be at that method or would you have to really dissect the personality and the person first? Let's say if, if I wanted, I approached you, I said, Professor, I want to learn how to fight, represent Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Hicks on Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I mean, my father taught me something very valuable in a very early age, okay. which was, if you want to be a good teacher, you teach you what you know and hope the guy learn. If you want to be an excellent teacher, you have to understand your student and, and, and know what he needs to learn. And then you teach him what he needs for him to be the best he can be. So that way, I'm never going to teach the same for everybody. I will kind of customize my teachings and my opinions and my moral pushes. It depends how you take it and how much you go. Right. Some people I have to push. Some people have to hold. Some people have to say, hey, man, be sharp. Okay, wake up. Some others say, hey, man, relax, breathe. Don't go choose. Right, right. So it's all about you know, be able to serve at the best level the guy who want to absorb that. Now, before we close, I'm going to make you choose either or for the answer. Okay, just choose either or. Joe Rogan or Eddie Bravo? Oh, Joe Rogan. Which one out of the two Diaz brothers would you choose? Nick or Nate? Uh, Nick is the older one. Depends for what. Is in a fight. In a fight? I say Nick. Manny Pacquiao or Mayweather? Mayweather. Mayweather. Why Mayweather? He's faster. He more is, precise. 
He's more precise, more technical. Pacquiao is more like a warrior and very good too, but I think Mayweather can, can have a better strategy on the... Brazil or Los Angeles? Uh, it also depends. We have a joke in Brazil. We say, Brazil is a shitty place, but it's very nice. America is very nice, but it's a shitty place. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's, it depends of what you mean it for. If you come here to organize life, production, you know, different, like a first world country is great. But you're gonna have, I mean, routines, be able to like, I mean, everything is restrict. You have, you feel like you're in the box. In Brazil, everything is disorganized. Everything is, I mean, there's a lot of lack of, a lot of things we have here. But you feel free. You do whatever you want. You expand. You you express yourself differently, different emotions. So, emotionally, rationally, is all about what's the time for you now. And and we're we're gonna close. But like when I go back to the Philippines, I'm half Filipino. I, I feel like okay, it's the okay corral. Yeah. It's fun time. Yeah. Do you get that feeling, that surge when you go back to Brazil? Do oh, you definitely. change? Oh yes. Brazil for me in those days is not about production, it's not about organized, it's all about respect the environment and have fun, you know, and, and be able to eat the best food I can eat, be with my friends, enjoy life. This has been a pleasure. My thank, pleasure, my friend. Th thank you, you so much, thank Professor. You much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the show and please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E.com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.